I should have bought some of that air I from the Lorax. I need some extra air. Yeah, <laughs> I was feeling it. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like flowers. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. Well, today we're getting Rocky Mountain High. Woohoo! Heading over to Colorado. Colorado. Rocky Mountain High. High. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, <laughs> we just got back from this park. I mean, by the time we release this episode, it will have been a little while since we got home. But as of recording today, we just got back from Rocky Mountain about a week ago. And it was awesome. Yeah, we had a great time. So I'm really excited actually to dive in further into this park because it's fresh on our mind. Yeah. So fresh. We know everything. So fresh, so clean. It's yeah. awesome. So today we're talking about Rocky Mountain National Park. We're exploring the park with you, sharing our favorite spots, stories, things to do, all the above. So, John, where should we start? Probably one of my favorite places to be in the park is one of the busier parts, but it's also one of my favorite places to hike. It's the Bear Lake area. Yeah, I think we've got to start there because... A, it's the busiest part of the park, and B, everybody wants to go there. Yes. And see, you need to go there yes. while you're at Rocky. It's a huge section of the park that deserves some time. Oh, yeah. And it's incredible. I mean, sometimes I go there and I'm like, I like some of the other places better. But this is one of the busy places where I'm just like, yeah, I got to. You have to go here. Well, the whole Bear Lake area has some of the best mountain hiking trails in the park. Right. That's where you access like those big, just amazing trails, mm -hmm. most of them at least. And so, you know, even if you don't want to be in the crowds, although I have to say I was hiking back in there last week and there were a lot of people even on those longer trails that I was like, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how they found themselves up here. Right. So, I mean, it does happen because it is such a busy area. You know, people end up just getting there and then being like, oh, we don't really know what to do. So let's just start hiking this trail. Well, I also think that part of the reason why there's so much appeal to the Bear Lake area is because these mountains are a little different than a lot of the other mountains in the country, or at least in the National Park Service. And we'll talk a little bit about this in the Fun Facts episode. But Ash, how would you generally describe the shape of the mountains in Rocky Mountain? Uh, well, a dome. Almost. Moundy. Yeah, they're the yeah. I mean, although I will say, like, when you get back into the backcountry a little further, like when you're looking at the mountains from an overlook, or you know, just some of the main developed areas, mm -hmm. they look a lot more moundy than when you get back into the backcountry a little further, and then things start to kind of spike out. Right. <laughs> well, it's because the way that these mountains were formed you know, we're, we're formed a lot by glaciers. And so where these glaciers cut into the mountain is where you find a lot of the craggy, cool, mountain rocky views. 
you know, and some of the other places where it wasn't so much glaciery, it's a lot, it's really moundy. And so people want to go, like you always say, your favorite parts of mountains are the craggy views. Mm -hmm. And so people want to go where it's craggy and stuff like that. And Bear Lake has tons of crags. Yeah, Bear Lake has a lot of crags, more so than the Trail Ridge Road. Yes. So when you get to Bear Lakes, Rocky for the past few years has been requiring entrance reservations. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of that. You can find a whole video about that on the Dirt in My Shoes YouTube channel. That's the boring stuff. But <laughs> but important information. Yes, you need to know that. But to get into Bear Lake, it's even a harder process for the reservation. And the hours are much longer because it is so busy. And then even if you get the reservation, that doesn't mean that you have a parking space when you get there. And the parking is crazy. And this is the only part of the park where they have a free shuttle that takes you around between the trailheads. And so it is really complicated and complex, but it's worth it if you can get in there at the right time and have a good plan. Mm -hmm. So what you'll do really, and what most people do is they go to Bear Lake first. Uh, That's the biggest parking area besides the park and ride for the shuttle. Right. <laughs> but you get into Bear Lake and from there, I mean, you can hike around Bear Lake. There's a really nice nature trail right there. Uh, portions of it are wheelchair accessible. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. But mostly what you're going to do from Bear Lake after you actually see Bear Lake is hike up to Emerald Lake. Right. That's the main like it's three miles, a little bit over three miles. But I mean, most people can do it. Most families can do it. It's a good family hike. Right. And for a lot of people, that's like the hike that they do at Rocky Mountain National Park. And it is so good. It's so awesome. And I don't know. It's just amazing. It's like someone designed this park on purpose because that hike literally takes you past three lakes on this trail and, and they're it's like, pretty much a half a mile apart each so right. you hit a lake yeah at really good intervals you have a chance to take a break and get a beautiful view <laughs> i always thought that was funny because i was like oh they planned this really well you yeah. know once you start getting tired voila there's a lake <laughs> for you to enjoy it's like the designers of a disney you know attraction they were just like okay Let's see. Most of the people probably won't go all the way. So let's put a few attractions intermittently so people just do whatever they want, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. And our kids on on this trail last time, like they were so excited at each lake because each lake gives you cool reflection views of like different mountains. Yeah. And they're all a little bit different. Yeah. So it's it's really fun. Yeah. it's It's a great hike. It is so busy. Right. But it's worth it. Because you get to see three lakes mm-hmm. in normal intervals as you hike. And they're so pretty. Yeah. But not only the lakes and not only the views. One of my favorite things that I noticed on this last hike up through that area was the boulders. Like there's giant boulders along the trail. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into this in the fun facts episode. But as you look at these boulders, you don't even have to stop and look at them. You can just kind of glance at them. But as you glance at them, you can appreciate, oh, my gosh, look at all the colors and all like the stripes and the swirls and the folds and everything in these giant boulders. It's really cool. And there's so much to appreciate on this trail. Yeah, it's a great one. And then there's other trails you can catch right there from Bear Lake, too. So we have hiked. You can go back to... Uh, Fern Lake and Odessa Lake, there's like a way to go from, you have to shuttle. Mm-hmm. 
So you park down at the shuttle stop beyond the Marine Park campground. You leave your car there and then you catch the shuttle all the way up to Bear Lake. And then you can hike from Bear Lake back down to your car. And you'll pass lakes on that route too, which I love. The other thing is that's probably our favorite way to hike to Bierstadt Lake too, is right from Bear Lake because Bierstadt Lake is beautiful. You get really nice reflection photos of like the whole mountain range right in there. Right. Through the lake. And so I really like that one. But the problem is, is if you start from the Bierstadt Lake trailhead, you are doing switchbacks forever. Yeah. Never ending switchbacks <laughs> up to that lake. Uh, it is. Uh, well, I think, and we've done it that way. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we made that mistake we once did. and we never did it again. It was so hard. <laughs> I remember being so hard. And I remember when we found out that there was another way to access Bierstadt Lake. I was like, what? Aww, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you start from Bear Lake, you can hike it. And you've already got the elevation because you're at like 10,000 feet, Mm -hmm. which is just crazy. That's the crazy thing about Rocky and something that, I mean, that's that's my favorite thing about Rocky, actually, is that everything is such high elevation. Mm -hmm. And so from Bear Lake, you're at like almost 10,000 feet. uh, And then to get to Bierstadt Lake, you just kind of cut across. You stay pretty high Mm -hmm. from Bear Lake to over to Bierstadt Lake. And then you can go down the switchbacks, which is one of my favorite views in the fall. Oh, my gosh. Because the whole mountainside is just covered in colors. It's so pretty. But it's much more enjoyable going down those switchbacks. Yes, the switchbacks of death. They're the switchbacks of death going up, but they're very nice going down. And, And that's the trail. So this is when we really first learned that you have to take the afternoon thunderstorms very seriously and i think you know when and we're used to hiking in the mountains and stuff but not so much at such a high elevation yeah i mean ten thousand feet is very high even for us Mm -hmm. who are in the mountains a lot but the thing is is like rocky in the summer they always say like be prepared for afternoon thunderstorms be prepared and you can go out and the sky is totally blue oh yeah when you start forecast also won't show it right a lot of times the forecast is completely clear and then this certain time of day hits <laughs> and it's just like the wrath of God has descended upon Rocky Mountain National Park. And there's just these massive storms that blow through and you're at such a high elevation. It's actually quite dangerous. Yeah. But we got caught in one as we were coming back from Bierstadt Lake and it was like two in the afternoon. The sky had been clear all morning, all right. day. Just a couple puffy white clouds. And then all of a sudden, you know, within like 10 minutes, we were getting pummeled by hail. Oh, yeah. Hail like the size of marbles. Yeah. And the thunder and the lightning and like we were just hoofing it off that mountain. Yeah. It was really scary. Pretty fun, if I'm being (laughs) honest. I mean, we were like drenched by the time we got back to our car. Yes. But I mean, that was our first experience, really. That was our very first trip to Rocky. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like you have to be ready for it. And also, it's probably not very smart to be in some of those higher elevation areas hiking Mm -hmm. (laughs) during those afternoons because you just never know. I mean, things just roll in. Right. 
And we were lucky that we had somewhat overprepared. We were like, yeah. do we think we'll need these? Rain-? We won't need them, but it's, it's good to have them. I carry you know? so much crap when we hike. <laughs> Let me just tell you, my hiking bag is so full oh, of stuff. Man. We have ponchos we just keep in there all the time. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. But we have learned in Rocky, you take rain jackets if you're hiking into the afternoon at all, even if the sky is clear. Right. Well, I think I actually had to take your rain jacket from you. And put and it over, it, yeah. Drape it over our son who was in a backpack. Yeah. And I was, car- I was carrying him. We were trying to like just hold the rain jacket over the top of our son so he wouldn't get, you know, so social services wouldn't get called on us if they saw us, you know, after he had just been pelted by marble-sized hail. Yeah, and you, know? you and I are just like getting pounded. It was fun. <laughs> he just fell down. <laughs> it was scary, Nobody though. would believe it. But no, the, the high country is no joke, man. It's like... This reference is for our neighbor, the man from Snowy River. You know, uh-huh. this is when Jessica and Jim are talking about the high country. And she's like, it changes so suddenly. One moment it's like paradise and the next is trying to kill you. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect description. Oh my That's gosh. how it feels in Rocky. That's how I feel in Rocky most of the time. You're kind of on edge, just waiting. Yeah. And also, I have to say, while we're on uh, things that can kill you, altitude sickness. Yeah. That's a huge thing in Rocky. And we actually, they sell oxygen at the Alpine Visitor Center that we just saw this last time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's a good idea because you're at 12,000 feet at that visitor center. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. um, Which isn't that like the plot of that Dr. Seuss story? of the uh, what's the little guy that like i'm here to speak for the trees the lorax the lorax right isn't like the whole plot of the story how like they are the bad guy in the story is like selling air in cans (laughs) (laughs) well now they're doing that at rocky (laughs) that's funny capitalism always wins oh my gosh but i would say like by the time we got to rocky this last trip i was exhausted so we went to South Dakota first. And anyway, we'd just been hiking and doing a ton of stuff beforehand. And then uh, we didn't get the permits that we needed, the reservations that we needed to get into that area, which is a whole nother story in and of itself. I'm sure we'll talk about it because I'm really good at getting those reservations, but the world was out to get me this time. That's and so, so I was exhausted. I had to get up. We, I mean, we left our hotel at like 4.15 to get yeah. in there. And anyway... When my son and I started hiking this longer trail, that was, I mean, we live at a high elevation, so we're pretty used to lack of oxygen. Right. (laughs) But that was like the first time really that I've been in Rocky where I was just like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it today. (laughs) (laughs) I should have bought some of that air from the Lorax. I need some extra air. Yeah, (laughs) I was feeling it. So, I mean, the altitude sickness also is no joke. A lot of people are concerned about that, rightly so. Estes Park is at a pretty high elevation just in and of itself. And so if you can give yourself a day or so to just get to the park mm-hmm. and do some easier things, that will make a big difference because your body will will have some time to acclimatize to the less oxygen in the air. Yeah. So definitely. I do recommend that. And then also, you know, drinking water. That's the biggest thing. We were just like chugging water like crazy, which is why <laughs> I like my backpack for this trail that we just did was so heavy because I brought 
water bottles upon water bottles upon water bottles. Like, I was just, like, <laughs> throwing them in because I was like, I'm not getting altitude sickness today. Right. It's so <laughs> true. You came back and you're like, I took too many. I had, way, I, yeah, I hiked eight miles with way too much water, but it's better to be safe. Better to be safe than so, sorry. So, yeah, the altitude sickness is a big thing. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water. Give yourself some time to acclimatize before you try to do something big and hard, especially. Um, and just, you know, especially if you're with younger kids and stuff, just make sure you're checking in with the people in your group, making sure everyone feels okay, mm-hmm. um, dizziness, lightheadedness, stuff like that. That's all a part of the altitude sickness. And usually if you just get to a lower elevation, it will go away. Your right. body will, will, your body will be okay. But um, yeah, that's a big part of visiting Rocky. Just make sure you're checking in with your loved ones. Make more sure everyone's okay. Would, more often than you normally think, take more frequent short water breaks and breather breaks mm-hmm. and give yourself a break. Give your body a break a little bit more in this park. And be easy on yourself too, because you can be in the best shape of your life and still really struggle at the, the, at the elevation of this park. Right. Are you ready for my Australian accent? Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> Jumping back to the man from Snowy River for Jim Craig. Oh my gosh. You've got to treat these mountains like a high-spirited horse. Never take them for granted. Oh, that wasn't Australian enough, was it? Uh, not your best work, but <laughs> we'll take out. it. No, let's, let's, not, uh, let's not try that again. <laughs> Good job, John. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's, I guess, the, the a lot of the questions that we get about Rocky are kind of around the altitude sickness and the thunderstorms. And then the best hiking, which you'll typically find at Bear Lake. Right. You can also get to Alberta Falls from here. I was here. about to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. So you um you can take the shuttle down to the trailhead or you can just get there from Bear Lake and then you hike to Alberta Falls, which is a really good family friendly hike. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just do that and turn around. You can go beyond that and again, hit some of those really cool backcountry areas. We just did the lock. We... We were going to go to Sky Pond, but it was a little too snowy still. Right. Uh, but Sky Pond is back there, which is a really popular hike. We did uh, Mills Lake, which is gorgeous. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite one that we did this last trip. Mills Lake was really nice. And again, we wanted to go beyond that, but everything was just really snowy. So right. we didn't. But there is like some awesome hiking back in there, too. Oh, man. And what's kind of surprising is it. I, there's not a whole lot of easily accessible big waterfalls in Rocky Mountain. There's a lot of lakes. There's a lot of lakes. But I mean, Alberta Falls is one of the reasons why it's so popular is because it's one of the only waterfalls on the east side. Yeah. Well, really anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's only a handful of waterfalls you'll hike to in this park easily. Yeah. So yeah, Alberta Falls is, I would say, the most popular one. Yeah. That one stays pretty busy. It's awesome, though. It, it's really pretty. It's really nice and really easy to access. It's not that hard to get there. Yeah. So the other thing about Bear Lake, which kind of surprises me in the area, there's no food or anything. <laughs> you know, there's... That's true. There's I never thought no, about that. I can't even think of a place. I don't think there's running water except at the campground. So it's not <laughs> as developed as you would think. Yeah. Um, it's, Rocky, it's pretty much... Pack in, pack out. Yeah. And Rocky is really interesting that way because this park is one of, like, consistently one of the top five most visited national parks in the country. Mm -hmm. Millions of people come here. Yeah. 
And Bear Lake is the busiest part of this park, which it doesn't have like any services. But for the rest of the park, too, there's not a lodge. There's not even a lodge in Rocky. Right. Which uh, is really interesting. It's and really, really strange. It's unique. It's there's, really unique. And there's only one little restaurant up along the Trail Ridge Road, if you can even call it that. It's more right. like a grab and go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's just the park itself actually is not as developed as a lot of the bigger, you know, more well-known parks. But it wasn't always that way. And we'll kind of get into that, into the fun facts. But when they made it a national park, it actually had a bunch of like little lodges dotting throughout the park. And in an effort to make it a lot more wilderness, they took a lot of those out, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, I can, knowing that you can kind of appreciate, oh, they did this on purpose because they don't want it to be a hotel park. Yeah. They wanted it to be a visitor. You're, you're a very short time visitor in this park. <laughs> yeah. But then they have Estes Park right outside of it. That's just like, boom. <laughs> People, exactly. everything you need, tons of hotels, tons of restaurants. That's true. All the tourist stuff. There's a few really good gateway towns in the park service. And like the first, the top three that come to mind for me are like Jackson Hole, Estes Park and Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. You know, those are like the big ones, like right outside the gates of the National Park. And Estes Park has everything you'd need. And yeah, it's awesome. It does. I really like Smoke and Dave's. Yeah. In Estes Park, that's a really good restaurant if you're looking for something great. Yeah. The Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm. which was made famous by The Shining, that's in Estes Park. Creepy. Yeah, I don't like movies like that, so <laughs> I, that that's not much of a draw for me. But a lot of people go to Estes Park to see or stay in that hotel. I remember when I was like six years old, it was Halloween night and I wasn't supposed to be watching but my parents were watching and I was kind of creeping by the door and that movie haunted me for years. They were watching The Shining. That surprises me. <laughs> or at least maybe this is what it was. I actually think what was happening, it was on regular TV and my I was watching something with my parents and they would leave during the commercials and while they were gone, I would turn it to The Shining. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> way more possible. <laughs> and, uh, I just remember like all of a sudden there was this hallway and it was just a tidal wave of a red liquid was coming at me and Ugh. I've never been the same since. Ugh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when we're at Rocky, we'll camp in the park and we'll camp on that east side. Yeah. So we don't usually stay in Estes. I really love camping in Rocky. Yes. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So you have the Aspen Glen campground. You've got Moraine Park. Moraine Park is really good for seeing elk. Especially in the fall, there's like elk that just hang out right there. Yeah. I remember last time when I'd have to go outside the trailer at night, you know, I would just linger a little bit outside the trailer because it was so cool because you could hear them just out in the distance in the dark. Yeah. I didn't know where they were. I could just hear them out in the distance. Yeah. There's just like this huge field right by the Marine Park campground that the elk will come down to during the fall. Mm -hmm. Like during the summer and spring, they tend to stay higher in the mountains. Right. You can see them lower for sure, but you'll see a lot more up higher usually. Mm -hmm. But in the fall, they come lower and they like to hang by Moraine Park, Glacier Basin Campground, which is in along the Bear Lake Road. That one will have lots of elk in the area too. That one's like by 
Sprague Lake, which we've had great luck seeing elk. Yes. And that's a really nice nature trail, too. You can see fish in the water and there's like little boardwalks. You walk around the lake. It's a really nice picnic area, but it's also a great place to see elk in the fall. Yes. So that whole area is just really elk heavy. Oh, absolutely. And it's really cool to to camp right in there, too. We love camping in there. Yes. You're a visitor with benefits. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, that's basically that Bear Lake area. Again, for like more like in-depth help with that, either the Rocky Itinerary or uh, the Rocky Reservations video on YouTube, like both of those will help you navigate that area really well. But let's move on to this, I think, the star of Rocky Mountain National Park. Oh, yeah. And that's the Trail Ridge Road. The Trail Ridge Road, baby. Oh, it's so cool. And what is its claim to fame, Ash? Okay, so its claim to fame is it's the highest paved road in the National Park Service. I think it's even in the country. Oh, really? I think so. I think it's I the, know. Oh, yeah, you could be right. The Alpine the, Visitor Center is the highest visitor center in the Park Service. Right. Is yeah. the Trail Ridge really the highest paved road? I think it's the highest paved, continuously paved road and accessible road in the country. Huh. What do you know? Heck yeah, man. I was, I was selling it short. <laughs> if I'm wrong, uh, fact check me. Yeah, but, we know for sure in the Park Service it's the highest paved road, yes. but it might be even more than that. Yeah. Good job, Trail Ridge Road. Oh, yeah, man. So this road, it cuts through Rocky Mountain from east to west. Which is and, a big deal. Yeah, and it's really the only road that connects everything. You know, Rocky has some smaller roads that go into it, uh, like the Wild Basin area, which is really cool. And then you've got like some smaller roads over by, well, you've got the Lily Lake on that side too. That's a smaller road that goes in. And then on the west side, you've got like the East Inlet area and stuff, some smaller roads. But the Trail Ridge Road really is the one that connects you for the whole park. Right. So everyone wants to drive it. You need to drive it. I mean, it's spectacular. But what's crazy is that it goes to over 12,000 feet above sea level. Yeah. Oh, which is so tall. Because like you can, I don't know. It's just, first of all, Colorado is just lifted so high. But the 12,000 feet in other places, you have to work so hard to get there. Yeah. Like 12,000 feet is no joke. Like that is... Miles and miles and miles and miles of hiking in pretty much any other part. Oh, yeah. And here in Rocky, you can get there wearing flip-flops, you know? <laughs> yeah. You can, you can, the top down, wind blowing in the, you know, in the wind. All your snacks, your blankets, <laughs> your your music. You get there with all your luggage. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's cushy. It's real cushy. <laughs> it's amazing. The people on the Oregon Trail that had, that were just throwing off their luggage to lighten the load would be so <laughs> oh bugged gosh, at us. Yeah. <laughs> They're so lazy. I had to dump 30 pounds of bacon <laughs> and you guys are just driving up there with slushies. Not the bacon. But I mean, in comparison, like Glacier, the going to the Sun Road and Glacier, I mean, that only gets you to like 60, I think it's 6,600 feet mm-hmm. is Logan Pass. So half, yeah, half the height of yes. the Trail Ridge Road. The Tetons, don't even have a road that get you even close to that elevation. No, because so the road those roads goes, are like five to 6,000 feet yeah, tops. Yeah, those, those, and that's just because that's the elevation of the valley. Right. <laughs> you know, and like Yosemite, Yosemite comes close. Yosemite has 10,000 right. on the Tioga Road. That's pretty impressive. But nothing trumps 
the Trail Ridge Road in Rocky. Right. Oh my gosh. It is worth all of the hype and we are building it up on purpose because it is so cool. So what's your favorite thing to do on the Trail Ridge Road? My favorite thing to do. Okay. I love two things. I love the Ute Trail Mm -hmm. and I love the Tundra Communities Trail. Those are my two favorite things to do up there. And I think that I can guess why, because I think it's the same as the reason I love being up there on those trails. It's because they go right through the tundra ecosystem of the mountains. And that tundra ecosystem is, like we said, so hard to get to. It's that space above where trees can grow. Yeah. And so there's just like there's some smaller plants, some ground cover. When we were here just barely, there was beautiful, beautiful little flowers in this ground cover. It's just like, man, that plant worked so hard. Yeah. Well, some of these plants, some of these plants take a few years to to flower because it's such a harsh process. It's such harsh living conditions that they're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back all of my nutrients and then in a couple of years, maybe I'll flower. Yeah. You know, it's it's like that for a lot of these plants, which is why you have to be so careful not to step off the trail and trample all the flowers. Yeah, staying on the trail up here is so important that like everything up in this area is fragile. Right. And then you've got marmots and pikas Mm -hmm. that are so fun to see. They typically stick to the higher elevations of the mountains and you can see them right from your car, right from the trail. Again, you don't have to hike. Yeah. To see these, I mean, when we were at the Forest Canyon Overlook, there was just a marmot sunning himself on the rock and Actually, it was really funny to listen to the conversations of people at the Overlook. That's probably my favorite Overlook along the road anyway. Right. Uh, But it's very busy. And anyway, everybody stops there. But it was funny to listen to the conversations because there's a lot of people that were like, what is that? Is that a, it looks like a a beaver? (laughs) Or it's just like a really big rat? It's like. Like so many people are not even familiar with mm-hmm. the types of animals that live in the high mountains. Right. For us, seeing marmots and pikas is very normal because we're usually pretty high in the mountains whenever we can be. Right. But it, the conversation was just, it was making me laugh. I just kept hearing all these tidbits. It was just people like, what is that? <laughs> what is that animal? <laughs> well, it's so funny. You're exactly right because there is so little tundra. In the lower 48, and especially alpine tundra, where a lot of these creatures live. And so it is like visiting an alien climate. And so seeing these animals, it's like Lilo and Stitch. It's like seeing Stitch for the first time. And they're like, what is it? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And it sucks in its other two arms. And so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's kind of, these creatures are so funny. They look like hybrids between other animals, you know? So the the yellow-bellied marmot does look like a land kind of a, beaver? Yeah, a land. Kind of, a, yeah. but not really. And like the, the, the pikas look like a rat rabbit, you know? Yeah, kind they're so cute. They're so they cute, have like though. big round ears and they're so small, which is funny because I hate like mice and rats and rodents of any type. But you give me a pika, I'm like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, you were up so high. Oh, I guess here's your Lord of the Rings reference. You know, it's like. When you're up here, normally it's like when the fellowship went up and over the pass, you know, and Boromir's like, this will be the death of the hobbits. You mm-hmm. know, you're up so high. It's such a challenging, harsh place to be. 
And the fact that you can just drive up there and see all of the things that live up there and then easily leave. Yeah. You know, it's just like you're in and out. You would check that box off your list. Holy smokes, you're at 12,000 feet. It's well, so cool. And it's vastly different from being down in the valley. When we got up there this last time, it was like 40 degrees outside. It was frigid. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was a comfortable 60 or so yeah. when we left Estes Park. And again, another just like, I was just kind of laughing as I listened to conversations and stuff that like, we saw a girl in a mini skirt <laughs> walking around up there in 40 degree weather. And it's just like, she did not expect that at all no. because it is, it is really foreign to a lot of people. <laughs> it, yes. was just, it was funny to us because we were like, yeah, not quite prepared for uh, <laughs> the upper elevations of these mountains. She was dressed to impress, though. Uh, Yeah. Maybe. Because she's freezing yeah. everything <laughs> off. <laughs> so oh, that man. was funny, too. But yeah, so it's just it's completely different environment. There's a lot of viewpoints along this road that you can stop and get out and take some really nice pictures of the surrounding area. You see Long's Peak from up here really good, which is uh, one of the Colorado 14ers. It's over 14,000 feet high. It's, it's the so only cool. one in the park that's above 14,000. 14, yeah, it's really neat. And it's really recognizable because it's kind of got a, a flat top and, you know, it just towers above stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. And from the from the Trail Ridge Road, it's kind of off in the distance. And mm -hmm. so it's almost like the mountains are building up to it. Yeah. And especially from the Forest Canyon Overlook, that's really what it is like to me. It's really cool. Yeah. And then uh, if you go during the summer, the elk will hang out up there. We hiked the Ute Trail this last time and saw a ton of elk. We actually had to turn around way faster than we were planning on because... <laughs> yeah. They had taken over the trail, but it was really cool. So just like lots of different experiences you can have along that road yeah. than you will find in almost any other national park. Yeah. But like we were talking about earlier when you're when we were talking about Beerstadt Lake, you know, you've got to be careful up there because you are so high and, you know, the storms can roll in really fast. Luckily, when you're up at 12,000 feet, you can see them coming a little bit faster than you can when you're on a hike on the trail, you know, and so yeah. just be aware, you know, when you're up that high, things can change really fast. Yeah. That's also where my favorite visitor center in the park is the Alpine Visitor Center. Yes. It's just up so high. You've got really cool views. There's a little hike you can do from right there. It's my favorite gift shop in the park. It's huge. Yeah. You can find everything, including canned oxygen. <laughs> But yep, it's there's true. lots and of things. cinnamon rolls. Yeah, but uh, the cinnamon rolls were dry last time. Yeah. I don't know. I was kind of bummed about that. The hot chocolate <laughs> was really good. If you would have taken them down the mountain, yeah. <laughs> then it was it was just the, the frosting was deprived of oxygen. It, no, the frosting was fine. It was the bread. <laughs> you know how I get really picky about... Uh, my sandwiches uh-huh and so okay so i hate eating sandwiches in oh the first gosh. place i have to i have to make the sandwich and immediately deliver to ash when Otherwise, you're <laughs> yeah when you're in the mountains and the wind is blowing and you're out in the sun the bread dries out so fast and i'm really picky about this and so like when i make my peanut butter sandwich when we're out you know out in the mountains i'll like I have to make it really fast and consume it really fast or it just gets too dry for me. 
<laughs> if I give it to her a little bit too late, she's like, thanks for this crouton sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> You can't. You're, he knows my sandwich gets made last, and yep. I have to be exactly ready to eat it. Yep. When he starts making it, but anyway, I have to make the peanut butter and the jam extend all the way to the edges. Yes, so that the, very the moisture can share with the bread yes. properly. I like even toppings. Peanut butter and croutons are not <laughs> acceptable. But that's kind of how the cinnamon rolls were this last time. <laughs> like it was just like the bread had been left out in the wind a little bit too long, and it was just dry. So. Hit and miss. Yep. Bring Sorry. a microwave with you next yeah. time. And it'll, it'll get those right back in the way Heat you want it. Heat it up and make it gooey again. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, but that visitor center is really cool. And then, I mean, are we ready? Are we ready to jump to the other side? Oh, man. It's guess, hard to leave the tundra. I guess so we cool. didn't I guess we didn't talk about the old Fall River Road where, Ooh, while we're yeah. on the east side. That's yep. an alternative way to get up to the Alpine Visitor Center. That road is one way. It's dirt, but it's good dirt. Yeah. It's really fun, though. And what's, what's amazing is that was the road. Before the Trail Ridge Road was built, that was the road you took. Yeah, that to was the entrance. There. That was the original entrance into it, Rocky. Yeah. And it was, it was what's really cool is right now it's only a one-way road. And the Suburbans and trucks and stuff like this, if they were that size back then, no people would be falling off the cliffs, yeah. you know, because the vehicles are so much bigger than they were back then. Yeah. And so that, that that road is just really fun. That road doesn't typically open till around July 4th. It's got a very short season. Yes. <laughs> but if it is open while you're there, that's a fun alternative way to get to those higher elevation areas. You can drive up that one, go to the visitor center, and then drive down the Trail Ridge Road to yeah. get back. What's kind of cool is the wildlife will often use that road too because it's one of the easiest ways up and down the mountain. Yeah. And so last, maybe it was a couple of times ago, but we were on that road and a giant bull elk was just like trudging toward us. And it was like, we had to pull off to the side of the road because he didn't even care that yeah. we were coming up the road. He was king for sure. <laughs> for sure. It was awesome. Yeah. So that's a fun alternative if it's open. If it's not, just drive the Trail Ridge Road and you'll get a lot of the same views as you go up. Yeah, I think that pretty well covers the main areas you're going to want to see on the east side. Right. And most people do stay in Estes Park or that area over there. That is the hot spot to be in, especially if you're wanting to get to the Bear Lake area and stuff. Um, so I do recommend staying at least a night or two on the Estes side. And then if you want to stay on the other side, on the west side, you can, but you're much further removed from the main stuff to do in the park if you stay on the Grand Lake side. Right. Which we'll talk about now. But when you leave the Alpine Visitor Center and you head back down the Trail Ridge Road going west, getting down to Grand Lake, it's vastly different oh, yeah. than the east side. Yeah, it's, it's a very different situation. But one last thing as we're kind of talking about going from the tundra back down the mountains there's something that's really cool that I want to point out to folks because it's a really cool illustration of how harsh that elevation is. Because as you go back down into the trees, like those first few layers of trees really illustrate, wow, holy smokes, it's so cold, it's so windy, because those first few layers of trees look so deformed. Yeah. There's a specific name for them. They're actually called crumholes trees. Crumholes? Crumholes, 
crumb holes. How do you, crumb. How do you spell that? It's like Harry Potter. Yeah. Crumb. He flies like the wind. You know? <laughs> crumb. Crumb. Oh, no, he's, it's awesome. I was about to say he's awesome. He's oh, the best he, seeker. Oh, yeah. Oh, he man. Is. Bulgaria. Yeah. Um, but do no. you spell crumb holes like crumb? Yeah. Crumb oh, okay. and then holes. H O L Z. Okay. And so these, these are stunted, like wind blown trees that live near the tree line in this tundra area. And so what you'll see is you'll see a lot of trees, they look like flags, because what has happened is on one side of the tree is where the wind blows the most, and it's so cold that any new growth that grows on that side of the tree will like get frostbite and die. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the tree is the only place that it can grow. And so you'll just have like a tree that's been like completely shaved or cut off on one side, and then it only grows out on one side. They are so funny to see. Yeah. I love looking for those trees. But yeah, it is, it's like a flag waving. The one side is totally bare, and the rest of it just has these branches going out. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's, it's like really a flagpole with a flag. <laughs> so yeah, those are fun to see. But it is, it's so harsh up there. Yeah. And it's cold, and it's windy. I, you know, expect it to be a good... 15, 20 degrees colder right. at the top than it is when you're down in the valleys. Yes. So that's, yeah. Which is that's where funny. we're going now. I didn't know the, that's what those trees were called. Crumb, that's fun. Crumb, crumb. <laughs> <laughs> so when you leave the Alpine Visitor Center and you head west, that's when you really, so you do start getting down into the trees and then you're in the Kawanichi Valley, the Coyote Valley, mm-hmm. uh, with the Never Summer Mountains behind you. And this area has some longer hiking trails, but just not ones that are really well known or like really well used because it's not great access into the really like good, beautiful mountain part of Rocky, if that makes sense. Yes. So, but there's a couple of things that we really enjoy on this side of the park. First, this side of the park is the best side for seeing moose. Yes. Not that we have that much luck with it because John is a moose repellent. (laughs) He has the worst luck seeing moose. And unfortunately, that affects our whole family. If I stay home, the family sees moose. If I go, (laughs) then we do not see moose. I know. We've gotten to the point where the kids are like, Dad, (laughs) we didn't even see a moose this trip. I I can see all other types of wildlife, but moose and I... Or like oil and water, yes. oftentimes. But if we were to see a moose in Rocky, it would be on the west side. And we have seen one. We saw one at the Holsworth Historic Site. Yes, we did. You know, people are always like, oh my gosh, we see so many moose over there. And we're like, well, we'll just have to leave John home next time. I always bring my stupid husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we really like the Holsworth Historic Site. That's a fun, it's a, it's a dude ranch that they've restored. So you can walk through some of the buildings and see what it would have been like to live in Rocky, mm-hmm. live in that area, you know, a hundred years ago. One of my favorite things that they have at the Holsworth site is the ice shed or mm-hmm. the ice building that they have there because they have all this stuff. Like, I don't know, it's crazy when you're there in the summer. It's hot. And you're like, oh my gosh, how in the world would you get ice in this type of a situation? But they have a lot of the equipment It's that they would have for the whole process. But it's just like the movie Frozen, where you have those guys at the beginning of the movie that are cutting, you know, the ice out of the out of the lake and then they transport it. You know, that's what Sven and Kristoff are doing. And they have a lot of the equipment to cut the ice 
And then they have the ice house where you actually store the ice. And it's super cool because the interpretive person, the volunteer, the ranger that'll be there can explain to you how they kept it cold. So they had ice for meat preservation and for other uses all the way through the summer, which just blows me away. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's a really fun glimpse into the past and also a nod to the dude ranching history, uh, the people that had settled in that area before it became a national park and just, I don't know, there's a lot of fun history there. So we like that one a lot. The other one that I really like is the Coyote Valley Trail. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is really easy, but it follows the Colorado River. So this side of the park actually is the headwaters of the Colorado. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because the Colorado River is huge where we are. Yeah. And up here, it's like, wow, this is just a baby. Yeah. It's a small river. I remember the first time we saw it and we're like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you got to start somewhere, right? But well, it's also a totally different color. Like yeah. where we typically see it, you know, in the Southwest, it's super murky and muddy and got lots of sediment traveling with the river all so the red rock that comes into it and, yeah yeah and it's, and it's crazy and up here it's like this crisp mountain river yeah so it's totally different from what you what you will see in other parts of the country and so it's really neat to be able to see it from its very very small beginnings yes <laughs> although this last time we were there it was raging there was yeah. so much water coming out of those mountains yes. so that was cool too But yeah, so the Coyote Valley Trail, it's just like a mile or so, and you just, it's flat, but you've got great views of the mountains, another great place to try to see moose. We've seen elk in the area a lot, Mm -hmm. and then you just kind of loop around the river. It's really pretty. Yeah. So I like that one too. But otherwise, there's not so much hiking that we like to do on that side. Mm -hmm. There's one more trail we'll talk about in a minute, but... You've got the visitor center on that side, and then you go out into the town of Grand Lake. Which is one of my favorite towns in the area. I love Grand Lake. You know what? And you've always said that, and I've been like, really? You would prefer Grand Lake over Estes? But this last trip, I was like thinking to myself, Estes Park is so busy. (laughs) And when we got to Grand Lake this last time, I was like, I could breathe. Yeah. It was like a breath of fresh air. So. I do recommend splitting it between the two sides because yeah. Grand Lake is a completely different scene than oh, yeah. Estes Park. Estes is so busy that they have, you know, traffic police officers yeah. that will stop traffic in all directions to allow people to cross, you know, horizontally, vertically, and diagonal. It's like you know? in New York City, like yes. literally, like they're just like, ugh, I don't know. Or like a, a basketball game. Right. It's got so, there are <laughs> so, so many, many people, people. so many shops, which is cool. It's fun, but it's a totally different feeling than you get in Grand Lake, which is the much quieter side. What's cool about Grand Lake is you've got some pretty big lakes on that side and these towns are just right up next to the lakes. And mm-hmm. so Grand Lake really is a lake town. Yeah. You've got some fun little like burger shops and, and souvenir shops and stuff like that, but most people hang out at the lake mm-hmm. and it's just the vibe is totally more relaxed. Yes. And we ate some amazing food there this last time. Oh my gosh, that was so good. It was it's a new restaurant which is called Nacho Mamas. Nacho I think Nacho it was Mamas. Nacho Mamas or something, but it was so good. I'll link it in the show notes. Whose cheese was it? 
nacho Nacho cheese. cheese. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good. But just like some fun little quaint, like, I don't know, small town restaurants and souvenir shops and stuff. So we really like Grand Lake. It's just a little further away from the busy stuff. Right. Or like the main can't miss activities for us to want to stay there the whole time. Right. But we do like to visit. Yeah. It's and the a nice water, cool down. The water was so cold. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was a little embarrassed because we had a competition in our little family to see who could keep their feet in the water the longest. And I finished fourth out of four. It yeah, you bad. lasted like three seconds. <laughs> what a baby. It was bad. <laughs> I was the example of the frog that jumps out of the pot really fast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I'm the one who boils as the water gets yes. hotter. You got frostbite, sucker. I No, I'm fine. I can handle cold water so well. Yeah, you can. Like, it doesn't even phase me most of the time. So I was the champion. <laughs> and I'm going to rub it in your face. Forever. <laughs> the other trail that I really like on this side of the park It's kind of unique because you actually leave the main park boundary, like you go out into Grand Lake and then you drive around Grand Lake over to like their public marina. Like It's really weird, Mm -hmm. but there's a trailhead there that takes you back into Rocky via Adams Falls, right? which is another waterfall in the park that you can easily get to. I would say it's like probably my kind of my least favorite of the falls. Yeah. Because you've got Alberta Falls, which is quite impressive. And then you've got Chasm Falls along the Old Fall River Road that's really pretty and scenic. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Adams Falls and it's just hard to see. Right. That's really all it is. Yeah. It's a little more challenging to see because it's kind of down. You, the, the only viewpoint really to see it from is it's right like on, on the top side of it. And, uh, yeah, side and above. And so you just don't see it that good. Yeah, and Adams Falls has a couple of layers to it and it turns. And so yeah. it's a little bit tricky <laughs> to see. But it's this time, because there was so much snow this last year, like it was crazy. There was mist coming up from it and it was really neat. Yeah, so you've got Adams Falls. But if you hike beyond Adams Falls, There's a trail here that goes on for a long, long time, but you don't have to go very far. And it takes you along the river and then it takes you to this really pretty meadow with uh, Mount Baldy or Mount Craig. Mm -hmm. Uh, Locals call it Mount Baldy. And it's a very recognizable peak from Grand Lake. But it just takes you to this really nice meadow with the mountain in the background. Another great place to see moose. Yes. I saw a deer (laughs) when I was there this last time. So congrats to me. Nailed it. Yeah. That to me makes the hike. You just got to go beyond Adams Falls a little bit to the meadow at least and get just really pretty views of the mountains from there. Yeah. And that's one of my favorites in the park. You get a lot of bang for your buck on that trail because you don't have to go very far. It's not very hard. It's a really good family friendly trail. Mm -hmm. But then you get just beautiful views. Yeah, it's really picturesque. That's the Grand Lake side. And that really, I mean, Rocky Mountain National Park is not a huge park. No, it's not. And there's not that many roads that you can travel. There's a good amount of hiking, but it's, I mean, it's pretty well contained Mm -hmm. in a very manageable area you can drive the park in a couple hours 
And so, you know, give yourself a day or so on the west side and then head over to the east side and give yourself a few days. But that's pretty sufficient, especially, you know, it surprises me because it's just such a busy and popular park. Yeah. But you'll get in there and you'll be like, this is like, this is pretty doable in a few days. Yeah. It's really neat. And it's one of my favorite places to go, but it can be really busy if you don't plan. And, and you know, like you were talking about before, where that this new reservation system, you know, if things don't work out for you, you have to wake up super early. Oh, my gosh. So let me tell my story because I have to <laughs> redeem myself. I am really good at getting these reservations. Yes. I literally like make a living helping people get these reservations. But we were driving through the middle of Nebraska when they opened up because uh-huh. this was a last minute trip. And so I just I didn't get the first release right. of reservations. I had to do the last minute ones. And we were in the middle of Nebraska and we had Internet pretty good until mm-hmm. about 10 minutes before they <laughs> release. And I was freaking out i was like oh my gosh i'm not gonna get it because the internet is so spotty right here and sure enough like i just had to watch all these reservations get snatched up i couldn't get anything (laughs) because my internet was so slow oh man she was using both of our phones yeah i was on both phones i was logged into john's account and my account just trying on both and oh my gosh it was so sad to just see those just disappear yes i was like no 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 (laughs) i need this i had promised our son that we would go so this is how weird where our kids are because we're raising them this way. Mm-hmm. But our eight-year-old has been complaining to us that we haven't been doing enough long hiking trails on our trips. Right. John can't hike long trails right now because of his back. And so we've been keeping it simple. And our son, like he just, he literally had a major breakdown on our trip through the Southwest because he was like, how long is this trail, mom? And I was like, oh, it's like a mile, a mile and a half. Why would I go on a longer trail? <laughs> it reminds me of the movie Dan in Real Life, where uh, the girl is like, you are a murderer of love. <laughs> that movie is so good. Uh, that's kind of how it felt. He was just like getting mad at me for the dumbest reason. And anyway, so I promised him that we'd do a longer hike on this trip and so we decided to do a longer one in rocky and he said he wanted it to be at least eight miles yes and so i was like okay well we'll you know we'll go into the bear lake area and we'll pick a longer trail just depending on snow levels and what we can get to we'll just like kind of piece together a trail that we can do (laughs) right that's eight miles but i didn't get the reservation i needed So we were up at 4 a.m. getting into the park before 5 when they start checking reservations (laughs) at Bear Lake. And I mean, it was beautiful. I was so, so tired. It was so, looking back, it was funny because I can look at it in a Well, you got to sleep in, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was funny. It was on the drive, though, while you were trying to get those reservations, the, the whole your whole mood and demeanor just changed because you realized your next morning went from waking up at like, you know, 630 or something like that to getting up at like four o'clock in the morning. And it just like 
the realization of how <laughs> early your following morning was just dawned on you? Oh, I was so sad. I'm not going to lie. I was just like, you've got to freaking be kidding me. I'm so tired. And anyway, but we got up and we got into, I have to say, this is the first time I was ever able to get parking at Glacier Gorge, right. the Glacier Gorge trailhead, because that trailhead fills up even earlier than everything else, typically. Mm-hmm. But if you're in before five, it doesn't. There was plenty of parking. And we sat in the car for a while and waited for it to get light. Right. It was still dark outside. And I told him, I was like, I'm not going to start hiking until I can see because I don't want to run into a bear or something. You know, right. like I, I want to be safe. And anyway, so we waited for the sun to come up and then we started hiking and it turned out fantastic. Like it was such a fun morning with him. We hiked up to the lock and then we hiked over to Mills Lake and then we hiked back and that was eight miles, like mm-hmm. he asked, but it was beautiful. It was so pretty and just being up in those mountains and just having those views around us and there's nothing like just a pristine alpine lake right? with mountains, like craggy mountains behind it. Yeah. It's the best. Yes. And so it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. I was really tired. But it was just so beautiful. And I think for me, that's really the magic of Rocky is getting on the trail, Mm -hmm. which is why I like push people so hard to just like get on a trail. Right. Because you can see a lot from your car in this park. You've got the Trail Ridge Road, like we said, there you can go up and over the mountain range and see things that you typically can't see in other parks. But hitting the trail, just the whole vista changes. Oh, yeah. It changes depending on how far in you can go and just what you can see back in there is the park has so many layers Mm -hmm. to it that when you get back in there, it's just totally different. So it was 100% worth it. I was tired, (laughs) but I just... Hiking in Rocky is such a magical experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And any attempt, any effort you can make to get on the trail, your whole experience will be rewarded. Even if it's just for a minute. Yes. Literally, just like we talked about the Emerald Lake trails. Sometimes we don't go all the way to Emerald Lake. Right. Sometimes we just go to Nymph or Dream Lakes and, you know, our hike is only a mile mm-hmm. or two miles, just depending on how far in we go. You don't have to do the full thing. Yeah. But it changes the whole experience in Rocky. So that's our wish for you is that even though it only takes a few days to get to the main stuff in this park, uh, any extra time you can spend on the trail, getting out there, just really seeing like Mother Nature in action. We talked about those big storms and, you know, It's an experience to have because it's so humbling to be standing at 10,000 feet or 12,000 feet and just looking around and going, I am not in control at all. Yeah, exactly. I'm just a little speck here in these mountains. Yeah. And however you wish to do that, if you just want to drive, if you can hike. But either way, that is just the beauty of Rocky Mountain is just standing somewhere so majestic and being just a speck. Yeah, absolutely. It's so great. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.